Then you have Woody Harrelson's somewhat whack uh, monologue Saturday night on Saturday Night Live, which Kevin Sorbo is uh, endorsing. So I guess we know he's in fine, fine company. And the creator of Dilbert. If you're a Dilbert fan, this is the comic strip that deals with the day-to-day banalities and insanities of the workplace. You're not going to find that cartoon or comic strip in most publications anymore because Scott Adams has been denounced as racist, hateful, and discriminatory for things he had to say about blacks and the white relationship with the African-American community. He's been a little bit crazy for a while, actually. I mean, the sort of Jamie Saleh stuff. And so after a while, I think, can't you just make people laugh? And can't you just figure skate? And can't you just smoke pot and do comedy? But, uh, you know, anyway, all this stuff ends up on the round table at 745, free for all round one. Thomas Mulcair is here on a Mulcair Monday, former leader of the federal NDP, now CDV political analyst. Nice to have you, sir. Happy Monday. Good to be with you, John. Can I come back for that free for all in an hour? That sounds like fun. Sure. Why not? We could set you in. <laughs> yeah. I'm, but don't you have a whole bunch of other radio stations uh, to yeah. inform and amuse? Yes, I do. But but it really does sound like fun. I'm going to try to figure out a way to listen to it later on. A couple of, well, you always can, actually, because we post every hour of our show as a podcast, and I think we do standalone postings of the roundtables as well. All right, enough of this. Great stuff. Uh, Pierre Polyev denouncing conservative MPs, three of them who met with a far-right German politician. Um, She insists that she and Pierre Polyev have talked. He says he's never met her. But I I think this is a real issue for the federal conservatives. Because it doesn't seem that Pierre Polyev wants to shut this kind of nonsense sense down. No, exactly. I think you've, you've hit it spot on. I mean, Poiliev is the guy who loves flirting with that fringe, right? Do we remember his handshake with the guy from Diagelon, whatever that's supposed to be, but it's somebody who styles himself as being a strong right winger here in Canada. And then he says, well, you, you meet people all the time when you're in politics. Come on, give me a break. He goes out to the Frontier Institute, which has written really offensive things about, in their view, the fact that the residential school system wasn't all that bad. And Poiliev says, well, I meet with people who have contrary opinions all the time. You know, I doubt very much that Pierre Poiliev would go and meet with a bunch of Holocaust deniers, for example. But he's always flirting with that fringe, brings donuts uh, to the people who have shut down the center of Ottawa and said they're not going to leave until they've replaced the government. And he says, well, I changed my mind after I realized just how kooky they were. So he knows that this is part of his base. He's always mollycoddling them. And then when he gets caught, eh, not so bad. So he put out a very strong release saying, oh, I, I find uh, Christine Anderson extremely offensive. I can't believe my, my three MPs went and met with her. I have a feeling there's more to the story than that. But you're quite right. In and of itself, it's unbelievable that three sitting members of the Canadian Parliament would have met with this person who holds such strident, frankly, I mean, anti-Semitic views and uh, is clearly um, Islamophobic as well, John. Yeah, and without dwelling on it for too long, because I want to get to Justin Trudeau's own troubles, I mean, you probably got the same videos that I did last year and before that of this particular politician, because Canadian right-wingers were gleeful about all the things she said about Justin Trudeau. So the idea they didn't know who she was is nonsense. They completely knew who she was. Of course, of course. Um, But it it was interesting because it's Poiliev who put out a press release saying they didn't know but he was in that same press release basically saying how dumb of them but it's a game that they're playing because he's got to deny the obvious that they knew who they were meeting with 
Okay, so Justin Trudeau so far is digging in and saying he's not going to call for a special inquiry into Chinese meddling in two uh, federal elections. Uh, I, th I think he's going to have to eventually yield, but what's your analysis? I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I'll take an example from my home province, Jean Charest, dug in his heels, said there will be no investigation into corruption in Quebec's construction industry. Upalai, Madame Justice Charbonneau, had a really rip-roaring open commission, very public inquiry, and just tore a strip off, off Charest and the people in his government and what they've been doing. So the same thing is going to happen here. You, you can't be Justin Trudeau wag your index finger under the nose of the president of China, get your staff to boast about the fact that you were giving him what for because of Chinese interference in our elections, then get back to Canada and say, ah, nothing to see here, move along. No, that's not the way it works. He's been contradicted openly by documents that have been published in the Globe and Mail, uh, you know, which in and of itself is quite a problem, John. The fact that somebody at CSIS took it upon themselves to show these documents to a journalist shows that they're very unhappy with the, the way that Trudeau's been trying to spin the story is we didn't know anything about this. We don't have any of these details. They do have the details. The public has a right to know there's nothing more fundamental in a democracy than whether or not you can have a clean election and Trudeau can't continue to hide this thing. And I can't believe that the NDP has been doing this hand in hand with the Liberals to try to block the inquiry. I want to play some audio for you of Justin Trudeau countering a heckler and maybe you can give us some color commentary yeah. when it's done. But it's an example I was saying on social media this weekend and because I spent decades in comedy clubs, the heckler never wins. Let's listen. Ukrainians woke up to the horror of war in their... Hey, sir, I think Ukrainians can tell you a little bit about freedom and liberty, so why don't you settle down? This is a night for them, not for you. This is a night for Ukrainians, not for you. Okay, so here's a guy who thought he was going to shut down Justin Trudeau, yeah. who gave Justin Trudeau <laughs> one of his highlights. Exactly. Gave him a podium on which, you know, to proudly and correctly claim that Canada has been standing with Ukraine because it was a night for Ukrainians and not a night for that person. And yeah, Trudeau's very good at this stuff. Those were lines that I'm sure he had in his head for a long time, and he just rolled them out, figuring, okay, this guy's going to play that game. Watch this. And you and I are talking about it, and that was the goal. Okay, so back in the day when you were making more public presentations and speeches, were you always braced for hecklers? Yeah, but sometimes they're sent in. I mean, it's relatively rare to have an authentic heckler. Uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, you'll get it in a comedy club because somebody's, you know, had a drink too many and they're just yeah. being obnoxious. But at these stage things, we knew, for example, we knew who it was and we knew it was liberals and they were sending people in regularly to upset press conferences that had to do with the environment during the 2015 campaign. We, we identified them, we knew, but you're sort of in a quandary because if you use security or others to remove them, then they've won. And you just said correctly that the heckler rarely, rarely wins. So you just have to grin and bear it and keep punching through. I come from a family of 10 kids, so people screaming <laughs> at me as I'm trying to get things done is not, is not news to me. So I, I can usually punch through this stuff. Okay. And uh, one last item, Canada sending another four battle tanks to Ukraine. I guess that's more symbolic than anything else. Well, I mean, if you look at the numbers that the Americans are sending, Canada have, well, have now sent eight of these high-level battle tanks to Ukraine, and we're helping train in Poland. We're training the crews to be able to use them. 
Eight is relatively symbolic, but if you look at the Americans, they're not giving that many more. So I think that proportionally, we're actually giving more than the than the Americans right now. And, and the list was published over the weekend. It's a quite a long list of everything that Canada has sent along, including backstopping a lot of loans and things for Ukraine. So I think that for the size of the country, and it, we're doing well, but we also remember that there are 1.4 million Canadians with some Ukrainian heritage, and yeah. they're very appreciative right now of, of Mr. Trudeau's really strong work in standing up for Ukraine and to the hecklers at that that evening that was to commemorate the the first anniversary of the illegal Russian war against Ukraine that involves war crimes and indeed genocide as found by international bodies. So we've, we're doing the right thing to stand up to it, but it's, it's a dangerous world we're in right now. I think we're sleepwalking on, on parts of this. Thomas, thank you very much. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you, John. All the best.